Hi, and welcome to episode 285 of No Crying in Baseball, the end of one episode. My name is Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Where the heck are you? Hey, I am coming at you from my extended studio here in Massachusetts, a.k.a. upstairs at Dad's house. So I get to be surrounded by Dad's Red Sox paraphernalia that's just all over the place. And I forgot my hat, so I got to borrow Dad's uh, pristine condition, mind you, 2004 Red Sox World Series hat that I am very proudly wearing right now with my beat-to-hell uh, Red Sox 2004 t-shirt that is my very own that I've been wearing for the past X number of years or N number of years. When you said N of one, I was thinking, man, you're making me do algebra now. I am. And I'm just going to say you are totally stealing that ball cap, aren't you? It's going home with you, right? Dad actually gave me permission. He said, uh, he said not that even I could have it. stealing then. Yeah. But, but I feel a little bit like Maybe I should leave it here for future instances like this oh, where I just sure. need a hat here and just to keep it in this condition because it, it's really snap. I'm amazed. You will totally trash that hat if you take it with absolutely, you. That's true. Absolutely. That's true. Um, hey, are you drinking a Boston area oh. beer right now? I am right now. So five minutes away from dad, there is a new brewery called Oak and Iron Brewing Company. And I figured if I'm in New England, I should be drinking a New England IPA. And it is juicy and tasty, and it's called the Nor'easter. And now I am on, well, I had half of one and half of something called Pucker Up, which is a huh. passion fruit IPA. Oh, it sounds puckery. And it is, and there's only one left. And we oh, went no. back. To, well, we went back, meaning I, I sent Mr. Pottymouth back while we were just doing our other stuff, and they're out of Pucker <gasps> Up. So there is one Pucker Up left. And that we'll means see. you're not bringing me one for next week's episode? I'm well, crushed. I, I think that I need to save it for next week's episode because, yeah, we got to taste them. It's good. It's good. So that's what I've been doing. <laughs> Down, well, you know, but, up here, up here in Massachusetts. But that was after opening day. We had right? opening day this week. It was so cold and so wonderful. Oh, I love opening day. Right. Happy opening day, opening day, as we like to call it to everybody in uh, in retrospect. So we're we're recording as usual on Sunday. We went to opening day home opener at the Nationals on Thursday and it was fucking freezing. And what I forgot, and especially I had some friends who were at Fenway where it was really fucking freezing. However, Fenway is a small ballpark, and there's nowhere that you can go where you're that high, except for if you're up on the Green Monster, I, I guess. And, I bet and, people get plenty high at Fenway. Right. <laughs> they probably do. It is Massachusetts, after all. And But on the Green Monster, at least you get some sunshine. We were at Nats Park in the our usual nosebleeds, although we were in Section 420, so we were high on opening day. And it was shady. You are 12 years old. Right. I am. I am. We were in the 400s. So I figure you had to subtract 10 degrees from the from the forecast for that and then subtract another 10 for sit, sitting in the shade. And we must have had to subtract more for the wind. But if you drink beer, then that factors in and adding some degrees. All I know is when I got home, I had to wear my like Sherpa uh, hoodie blanket thing for hours to sort of get back into it but it was fun we were there we were yelling we were screaming right we had yeah it was it was a great time I'm sorry the the Nats didn't win but they were playing the hammers so there was that but it was they it was, won today they did win today yay. yay um but honest to god being at a game where your team loses is still better than not being at a baseball game right. I will I will die on that hill for gosh sakes yep and, and being freezing is better than not being at a baseball game. For sure. For sure. We've got one more opening day. Uh, we're going to go to oh, the yeah. O's home opener versus the Yankees this coming Thursday. So we mm -hmm. will um, take a look at where our seats are and maybe do that extra math to see if we need to bring parkas. Oh, maybe the forecast will be better. What I'm what I what I'm a little bummed out about is this is the not only is it the the first day of playing uh, home at for the Orioles, but it is the first day of Passover. So I will not be drinking beer when we go to Checker Spot. Although I hear and I hope they have a seltzer. That's going to be my alternative. You know, as I'm scraping by during Passover. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I want to be a good friend and like you know have one for you. But if I have to have one not, for each of you, that's right. going to turn out badly. But thankfully, I'm not the one who drives when we go right. to O's game, so that's right. all good. Absolutely. 
on today's show. It's not all Red Sox all the time. Sometimes it's all Adley all the time. Today, it might be both. Uh, We've got opening day with new rules, but the same beer. We've got um, possibly terrible predictions. We have an international rundown. We've got some union news. The minor leaguers ratified their CBA. We'll tell you some details about that. And we've got a teaser from our upcoming interview with a ball player and country music artist, Brian Ruby, who is the founder of Proud to be in Baseball. We had such a good time talking to Brian. We're very happy to share this with you. Super fun interviews. Stay tuned for sure this episode and in a few days. So since I'm in Massachusetts, you know, like this is different than any other episode, but I have a good (laughs) excuse to talk about the Red Sox. So when I first got here, I was feeling, shall we say, a little bit uh, testy and negative about my beloved Red Sox. I actually, so I have this Red Sox earring that I wear year round. I took it out for two days. I'm feeling like this is a major statement. I took it out for two days when they did not keep Jorge Alfaro on the team. Bless Jorge Alfaro. So this is catcher who had been brought on sort of, you know, unexpectedly add on in uh, in spring training, working, you know, trying to work up to a, a place on the team. They really had two catchers that they were counting on. So I kind of feel like they strung him along a little bit. He did like what did that? What what else was he supposed to do in the winter leagues? He was playing in the Dominican Republic. He was MVP of the championship team and went to the the Serie del Caribe. He had amazing stats when he was playing with Team Colombia, and he kicked ass in spring training. And he does not get a roster spot. So I was a little bitter, shall I say? Oh, and the QR, the quality here above replacement, is very clear with Jorge Alfaro. And what absolutely pulled my little bitty heartstrings was he talked about being a kid in Colombia and a lot of of, of uh, foreign countries, you know, who especially back a couple of decades, the the only access that they really had was to the Yankees and to the Red Sox. So kids are going to be one or the other. And the majority of, of foreign players grew up as Yankees fans. For him to grow up as a Red Sox fan and to say that this is my dream to be playing in a Red Sox uniform and to kick ass and to not make the team, I was bitter and I took out my earring for, yes, two days, two days. He also, though, had a, a uh, clause in his contract where if the Red Sox didn't pick him, he could go to another team. He, I'm not sure if maybe he didn't get an offer, but he he literally said that he is staying with the Woo Sox because he wants to stay with the Red Sox organization. And I think he feels, and I hope this is right, that he is just going to end up outplaying the Connor Wong and, and the, the, the other guy whose name I keep forgetting. I'm spacing. I can't believe I'm spacing it right now. McGuire, right? Is that it? Yeah, I think so. Are you looking it up for me? No, you have the Red Sox, um, all the reference people in your home mm. right now adjacent I to your studio. Yell. I am not going to help you with anything, Red Sox. I I'm know. just not. I, I, I'm a beer in, a beer and a half in, so my, my memory banks are very, very low. But I am a little bit bitter about this. However, the Woo Sox are going to be pretty exciting. So this is the AAA team for the Red Sox. So I, I came so close to, to, to heading out to Worcester yesterday to see. I was thinking this is my best chance to get as close to Jorge Alfaro as possible. But he might be there for a little while. And actually, in my sort of uh, little bit of frenzy of, of wanting to figure out how to see him, did get tickets to see him in Pennsylvania. So I'm hoping he's still on the Woo Sox in like three weeks. But you know who else is on the Woo Sox? Who else is on the Woo Sox? A bunch of our former baseball boyfriends. Nico And your guys, two of them. Nico Goodrum is on the Woo Sox. Yep. Daniel Palka, who we had not mentioned at all as being in the Red Sox And he's hilarious. He, not only hilarious, but apparently raking on the Woo Sox. And he's another guy who, who went to the press and said, this is an organization. I mean, God bless these guys for wanting to play for the Red Sox. But for some reason, he has wanted to play for the Red Sox. Bobby Dahlbeck, former baseball boyfriend pick, who didn't make the, make the cut for the big team, is da- back on the Woo Sox. And Jaron Duran, uh, Team Mexico star, well, not really, but he played on Team Mexico. <laughs> All right, I'm pumping it up a little bit, like his biceps, but he is back on the Woo Sox. So, you know, bottom line, I'm excited about the Woo Sox. I'm very excited 
you know, I, I don't know if I'm excited about the Red Sox or not. It's been a little bit of emotional roller coaster here, watching with my dad of a certain age, who's been a Red Sox fan since, you know, the, the way back times, since the Ted Williams times. And dad um, has opinions about this year's Red Sox. So the, the opinions have sort of, over the past couple of days, gone up and down a little bit. He's a little bit stressed about Raphael Devers. He Devers has been good on the bat this weekend. Devers is not a star fielder. And whether or not the Red Sox should have put their money in the Devers basket is up for discussion in this household. Uh, also, Tristan Casas, who I'm trying to reassure Dad that he is going to come around. He's Patty's baseball boyfriend pick for this year. I really do think he has he has a shot at the Rookie of the Year running. He did not have a stellar weekend, but it is opening weekend. Uh, the biggest disappointment in Dad's eyes is Christian Arroyo, who also didn't do much, and he does not have an excuse. And in Dad's Dad's words, I quote, Arroyo is not a stata, he's overrated. So He's we'll- also a potty mouth. I mean, I don't know yeah. if you saw him have a bad at bat and then like kind of like swear up oh. and down a blue streak as he was walking away that was caught on camera. If one could read lips, you would say, he's my people. <laughs> Well, I'm kind of pissed off, though, because the other uh, player in that that should be in that spot, in that second base spot, is Yu Chang, MVP of his pool for the World Baseball Classic, yep. but, you know, who we've talked about before, who feels very comfortable playing around people who are supporting him and maybe not so much uh, uh, with people who are a little bit critical and, you know, Boston fans can be like that once in a while. So I'm hoping that our people can come together and support Yu Chang and that the Red Sox fucking start him. Like, just start him, please. They put him in a couple times, but give him a chance. Silver linings of the weekend. Well, the Red Sox taking the series. Um, they had a, a hard time against the AL East last year. So that's a silver lining because everybody's expecting him to be last place. Kike Hernandez, my, you know, I, we can only keep one baseball boyfriend through the years. I can't keep Kike because Patty has rules, and I had picked him a long time ago, and then I let him go. But he is definitely the baseball boyfriend of my heart. He now has purple hair, and he hit two home runs. He's getting used to the shortstop thing. I would feel a lot better if he were in center field. Adam Duvall, it, you know, who I also I've got I've got to sort of make a coupon on that too. I'm yeah, a you do. Criti- critical about him. He was definitely kind of a hero this weekend. <laughs> absolutely, the fucking hero. A huge star. His bat came to play. But did you see him in center field? He cannot find the ball. There were several plays that Kike would have got that Adam Duvall did not. So I kind of feel like the Red Sox have got the bats. The bats showed up. Nobody is playing where they're most comfortable playing, and the pitching has a lot to be desired. Uh, Justin Turner, another former baseball boyfriend of mine, I think is going to end up being the hero of the team this season, and he's going to be like the big leader. He's doing the right things for the Boston people. Opening day, not only I think he went he went two for four on opening day. He's had a bunch of hits over the over this you know this series, but after the game, he goes to the Bruins game. Wears a Pasternak jersey and sits, you know, right rinkside, right next to the ice. He's doing the right things for Boston. And if he plays his cards right, he is never going to have to buy a beer again in the town. So that is my little bit of Red Sox rundown. And yes, I am so happy that they somehow pulled it off. Three tight, huge scoring games against the Birds. And they somehow won the series. So do you remember what happens when you mention Kike? Mm. What, what do I do? What do I counter with? Uh, Adley. Nope. <laughs> no? I counter with Manny because I know oh, what Oh, right, right. That, well, that was, so, oh, I should have memory of that. That was an episode title like two weeks ago. Yeah. So, Kike, so put Manny. a pin in that. Kike, Manny. Yeah. Put the put, Oh, put shit. We're going to have to talk about Manny? All Just right. briefly. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just briefly. But first, we are going to talk about Adley because, oh, my God, he broke a shit ton of records on opening day. Yeah. And it, um, so... If you remember, Adley's call-up was not on opening day last year. He he came up later. So this opening day was his very first. And he had his very first opening day at Fenway, which, you know, I'm like, I'm I'm telling you, like, it's a thing. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. it's, it's a fairy tale, right? It's a fairy tale. Um, What one of the things that I love about Adley Rutschman is he says things like when he was asked about opening day at Fenway and what he was thinking, he said, I was like, 
gosh. Which is why he's your boyfriend and not mine. And not yours. Because mine right. would have been For like, sure. fucking A, this is cool. Right, yeah. right. Well, he's not a asshole. He's not a asshole. Right. Okay, so here are the things that happened to Adley. Well, that Adley did on opening day, which is um, pretty outstanding no matter who you are and what you think. He homered off of his very first swing. That was so painful. His very first know, opening day off of Corey Kluber. I thought of He you. went... Five for five with a walk and four RBI, both of which were career highs personally. Since 1901, no catcher has recorded either of those things. Five hits or gotten on base six times in a season opening game. 1901. No Orioles player has done either of those things, no matter what, any Orioles player, on opening day since 1954. He is the first player any position, any team ever to go five for five or better with four RBI in opening day. He is the third to go five for five with multiple RBI after Billy Herman in 1936 and Babe Frickin' Ruth on 1921. The last time Adley Rutschman and Babe Ruth were in the same sentence was with when Adley's mom noted that they shared a birthday of February 6th, which is also <laughs> our intern's birthday, I'm just saying. He is wow. the first Oriole to homer on in his first career opening day at bat since 1990. He's the first Oriole catcher to home run opening day since Matt Wieters in 2013. I remember Matt. This one is for you in particular. He is the second catcher in baseball history to homer and reach base at least four times safely on his first opening day since Carlton Fisk oh. in 1973. Oh, special place in my heart. My first ever baseball boyfriend when I was for a sure. kid. Oh. And if any, if the gosh didn't do it for you, here's how you know that he went to the Crash <laughs> Davis School of Media Relations. Oh he said, God. whether I'm 0 for 5 or 5 for 5, the next at bat is the most important one. And that's the attitude. That is exactly the attitude. That's the Adlitude. Thank you very much. That's, you got to make a t-shirt on that, Adlitude. Sure, I got Adlitude. You could do that. I could do that. All right, I love that's it. How, he's, I'm going to retire on that one. Go ahead. Sure, sure. No, he's he's a great pick. I don't know. I think it's going to be a fun season watching Adley as long as I'm watching him. Like, I'm excited to see him play against the Yankees in the home opener that we're going to go to. And I will <laughs> You're be very cheering for him. You're very specific in your joy. I understand. Right. Exactly. I want to make a new rule. I know you're all about the rules, but I, I love make the a rules new rule. so much. Yeah. If a player starts the season on the IL, that they have to sing the national anthem. Or maybe, I think, I, I mean, I'm not an anthem fan, so I'm willing to also sub, sub in, take me out to the ball game. But I do have to say that I saw the video of Adam Wainwright, who is on the IL for at least 15 days, maybe longer, because of a groin injury, sing the national anthem. I don't think he's ever done that before. He's good. Did you listen to him? I think he's actually got a, a, a country band. I think he's, he's fronts really? a band. I think that's his retirement plan. I was I was super impressed. So yeah. I think that others need pipes. to others need to even if they don't have pipes, they need to at least like join in and the take me out. There are so many fun faces on the on the the IL to start the season. Unfortunately, because Mets do Mets, Justin Verlander is on 15 day with a shoulder. We saw Jose Altuve go down in the World Baseball Classic. He showed up to get his World Series ring and his lovely orange cast with his crushed thumb. Hopefully, he'll be back fairly soon. Tristan McKenzie of the Cleveland, the Guardians shoulder injury and and yeah. he i can't wait to see him come back because he's going to be doing some good stuff tyler glasnow our, our disney prince from tampa six to eight weeks with an oblique injury joe musgrove of course with you know my similar toe crush both of us did it by dropping a kettlebell on our toe he's out for <laughs> a little bit of a little bit of time and then joey Votto, who is has made a lot of comments about this looks like it could be the last season if things don't get yeah. better and it just it's just sad that he's starting on the 10 day maybe it be it'll be 10 with a rotator cuff injury so i just want to say that my best wishes go out to everyone out there on the injured list and i hope that they're all back soon because baseball will be better with them and please note that most of those injuries happened during either spring training or mm -hmm. on opening day and not during the World Baseball Classic. So um, everything has its risks, my friend. It's not the exactly. World Baseball Classic's fault. Um, no. I'm going to add on to some rules. I, like you, you initiated the rules <laughs> conversation. 
I'm here to tell you about how the new Major League Baseball rules played out on opening day. Um, You brought up a question last time we talked about the pitch clock when you Mm -hmm. said, what happens when a a batter falls down or gets brushed back out of the batter's box and how does that affect the pitch clock? Turns out Major League Baseball is actually paying attention to to the places where they need to be more flexible. Oh, hey. And they have said that in the case of brushbacks or when a player gets knocked out of the box because you know an inside pitch you know mm-hmm. pushes them out of the way, MLB has clarified that the pitch clock operator should wait to start the timer until that hitter has collected himself. All right, right until they're ready to get back in and get going again. Okay, so it's not just okay. Yeah, I see that you're on your butt in the dirt outside mm-hmm. of the batter's box. You know, tough. You know, you got to get back here. No, that's not the case. So they have a little bit of leeway. This is also true when a pitcher has to run over to cover first. And then they oh. have to like get their way back to the mound. The clock's not going to start until he's already gotten back into uh, you know, to the mound. Oh, so wow. they're, they're understanding that there are things out of the control of the regular play of the game that they need to account for, and they're accounting for it. And it looks like that, that door is open for more of those things as they come up to become part of that, right? So the pitch clock, um, a lot of a lot of um, teams were calling it the pitch timer and not the pitch clock. I don't know why, but I noticed that during the mm-hmm. the couple of games that I watched for you know opening day and, and over the weekend. Um, but twenty six minutes is the magic number. The average game time was um, two hours and forty five minutes on opening day, down from last year's average of three hours and eleven minutes. That was pretty much all pitch clock. The implications that we didn't talk about before were concessions and commutes Mm -hmm. right so a lot of people get stuck in traffic they miss four innings instead of one inning you're in line for beer or for a snack or whatever and you miss a lot more game than you thought you were going to miss so some some ballparks are trying to find ways to help solve that problem. At Nats Park, they instituted more of those grab-and-go, sort of you can hear, get in line, grab this can of beer, pay for it, and you're out, instead of waiting in line for the draft beer. Not ideal, but they're trying to find ways to make it quicker for you to get that turnaround. I need to remember to just stock up before the game starts and then just stay in my seat. Uh, Dodger Stadium I, made me laugh because the, the 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 bartenders at Dodger Stadium said, well, we ended up selling the same amount of alcohol as we usually do, but in a much shorter period of time. That That is actually reassuring that they sell that they yeah. sold the same is amount. It? Like, is I, it? I, I, I don't know. I feel okay about that. I feel a little bit good about that. So we talked about, um, I don't know if, if Vogelback was one of these guys, but um, <laughs> based on the MLB commercial talking about the bigger bases, but the larger bases and the fact that pitchers can only throw over twice kind of as freebies was going to like free up a lot of base runners to try to steal second. There were 21 stolen bases on opening day, which is the most since 1997. To compare last year, there were only nine attempts, and wow. five of them were successful. The 21 stolen on opening day were all successful. I think there were 23 attempts altogether. Well, um, the the I Orioles, found a bunch of them. <laughs> you you did because the yeah. Orioles had 10 steals through the first two games, crazy. which is the most by any team since 1901. In two days, they got fast guys who are taking advantage mm-hmm. of bigger bases and the fact that the pitchers cannot continue to throw over and throw over and throw over. You know right. when it's safe to go, and they're going to go. So I think that's going to make get people who like small ball, and I'm one of those people who are going to have a lot more fun watching the uh, the base running strategy that happens during these games. Yeah, you know, the, one interesting comment I saw on Twitter about the shortening of the game is that it's really playing to the TV audience because sure. when you're at the ballpark – it's kind of nice to have some time to wander around or get your beer or whatever, stand in line. So I don't know. It's never it's, nice to stand in line. Yeah, right, I don't right, know right. what you're thinking. <laughs> that's true. That's true. To, to put in your mobile order and then go pick it up very efficiently, depending on which ballpark you're in. <laughs> I think, you know, along with pitchers and batters, we, the fans, need to adjust and just do yeah. our shopping, you know, ahead yeah. of time. Or, you know, plan it a little bit more carefully. Go during, you you know what happens during every single inning break. Pick the inning break that you don't care for, and that's when you go. Yeah, I I, I honestly am feeling a little bit nostalgic because even watching the game today, seeing that little red square of the pitch clock countdown just made me a little bit, like, anxious. And, And I liked having baseball without time. You know what I mean? Like, you go to a baseball game, there's no 
time involved and now there's time involved and I do I don't know but then there's also I, I can I can definitely argue either sides either side of this so I think I need to take the whole season to really see how I feel because there is the oh shit we've been here forever and I want to get home because I have to work tomorrow but that anxiety of watching that pitch clock is notable I don't know I feel but you know what you, you don't have to watch it when you're in the ballpark that's right. for sure that's and, true and, and it is better I'm, in the park I I'm good with it I, I, I'm pro yeah. pitch clock for sure. I was huh. feeling like when you're watching the World Baseball Classic and there was no pitch clock, which apparently Mar Marcus Stroman, who was the first pitcher to have mm -hmm. a pitch clock violation, right. noted that he'd been off playing in the World Baseball Classic for two weeks. And so he didn't have it ingrained as much as the, mm. the pitchers who were doing only spring training. Uh, right. You know, because they were focused on that. Um, are you actually wringing out that can, trying to get the last drop of beer I, out of it? I absolutely am. This is really uh, good beer. Hey, um, so every year, Potty Mouth and I make predictions for <laughs> how this season's going to turn out and who's going to win the awards. And we are really, really bad at it, but it hasn't right. stopped us from doing it. Right. So last year, I did, I did shit on any of the actual team predictions, but I just have to like, you know, wave this a little bit that I did pick Julio Rodriguez. You got for Julio, man. You did. So I think that might be the only thing that I do good forever and ever. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hang on to that. However, here we go on this year's predictions. So before you get rolling on that, do you want to do right. like your American League, then I do my American League, then we bounce okay. back and forth, or do you want to do it? We want to run through all years. What do you want to no, do? Let, let's bounce. Let's bounce. Okay. I think that's let's bounce. good. So okay. we're gonna do American League first, which is so much painful. So this this also adds into the so heart versus so much painful heart versus head thing. And I have a very hard time using my brain. Yeah, you that do. does not come across very well. I have a very hard time separating my feelings from my head. And last year, I did not do that. And I'm not going to do it again this year. But it, <laughs> it's, it's just that. But, it, but it, when it comes down to it, random shit happens. And so why not? It happened my favor. Somebody's got to win the lottery, right? Sure. And, and looking at the American League, especially the AL East, the AL East, I feel like, is anybody's game. I think it is very popular to go with the Yankees, and, and I am very purposefully and very from my heart leaving the Yankees out in everything, despite yeah. the fact... That you're that gonna they be have wrong. A lot going. Well, I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I think I think that the Yankees have some pitching struggles right now. They've got half yeah. their starters on the IL. I think that they may or may not have made some interesting choices. Well, I don't know. Actually, their the, Volp is doing pretty well at shortstop. I was feeling Volpe. a little better. Yeah, Volpe. Volpe. Really? I was feeling very bitter Big about Italian. that choice. All right. For the AL East, though, even though my heart is with the Red Sox, I am picking Toronto because I picked their pitching for my fantasy league. So I kind of feel like that tracks. I think I think that with the AL East, you really could make a, a coherent agreement agreement uh, argument. That's the word uh, for any of the AL East teams to take the division. I'm going to go with Toronto because I want to support my pitching for AL Central. I am going with your hometown team, Cleveland. I feel like they do have the pitching. Emmanuel Cla Classe, right? Is that how you pronounce that one? Sure. Let's go with that. And Tristan McKenzie, once he comes back off the IL, I think that they have some dynamic pitching. They have the youth. They have the excitement. And they have, they have the Beebs. And, and they have the Beebs. And they have Terry Francona, which, of course, I adore from Red Sox World Series winning. AL West, I'm, I'm going a little bit more traditional here. And I think that Houston is just going to come back and win the division again, although I don't think they're going to go that much further. But yes, AL West. So here's the, my three wild card is where I should draw the most criticism. I think Baltimore is going to make it because I For do sure. think they've got a lot of energy going. For sure. Even though zero people are going to choose that besides me, after this weekend especially, I think that Boston has big bats and that they need to work out the kinks with their fielding and pitching, especially pitching. But I'm going to go with my hometown for the wild card, even though everyone else thinks they're going to end up in last place. And then I'm going to go with Seattle for my other AL wild card pick. What do you think? 
I think um, you're adorable. And um, <laughs> while we're drinking, because I said adorable in a sports context, adorable. did I ever tell you what I was drinking? I don't think I told you no, what I was drinking. No, you did not. I, you know, okay, so you're drinking a Boston beer. I'm drinking, you know, a, a Maryland beer. I'm drinking Power Boots, the oh, double IPA, well which um, is, is out under the, the, the Silver Branch label, which is a pretty, uh, you know, I, we could walk there if we want to, brewery right. um, in Maryland. But also it's um, the a collaboration between a lot of women brewers. Mm-hmm. And so they do a Power Boots every year and it's this one's a pretty tasty one i'm just I gotta saying. get that yeah i'm saying that because i'm gonna pick a maryland team pretty soon um so All my right. predictions okay a, at least i am going with the yankees really because they're not the freaking yankees not, right. not to not to win not to win okay. the al east um i am going with you on the al central i think the guards are have got it man they they've they're together they are together they're gonna have a lot of fun where I'm going off the the menu is the West. I'm taking the Rangers because this is you know when I do my my um my March Madness uh you know my brackets I always you know pick some sort of like twelve six weird um you know wild card kind of you don't see this coming. I'm going with Texas just for the hell of it, but don't worry. I've got Houston in later as a wild card along with the Orioles because the Orioles, I'm I'm knocking on all the wooden things I can find, are making Mm -hmm. the playoffs this year as are Seattle. See, I'm agreeing with you on that. Okay. So, and then I'm putting Houston there because, of course, Houston is going to be fantastic. I just, I'm tired of. They got their damn ring. Dusty got his ring. Can I stop rooting for (laughs) for that now? But Houston is going to be good. But I would like them to be um, wild card good. That's my story. I'm sticking with it. All right. National League, I'm going off the rails. I'm going off the rails. And God, calling, you are. Look I'm at your calling, list. What I'm the calling. Hell? Yeah. I just, I don't know if I was drinking something when I wrote this up, but I am going to go with <laughs> The Miami. odds are in that favor. <laughs> I'm going with Miami for NL East. Is it I the Roosters? Really- it's 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 that we were hanging out with Miami in in Miami with Miami. I I like Luisa Reyes. I think is going to do great things. I think your Jazz is going to do great things. I think they have some pitching, and I think it's their time. I think they have wow. They have some energy going. So yeah, you can all wow. laugh at me on that later. But if it if it actually comes to fruition, then. I am going to have some bragging rights. And yeah, Central, I'm going to go with the Brewers because I'm drinking beer. And also, I think they <laughs> do have some some very solid pitching behind them. Uh, NL West, despite their couple of uh, opening games, they did win the third one. San Diego, I have to go. You know, they have Bogarts. We don't. I think he's going to make a big difference. And plus, just San Diego is pretty stacked all around. NL wild cards, LA, if I'm not going to pick them to win the division, they've got to be placing in there. I'm also including Philly and Atlanta, which are, you know, most people would pick for winning the division. So I've got to give them a little bit of credit there. And that's my, uh, that's my NL. So the NL East, I think, is the most stacked division. It, it is. And at one point, I was like, oh, well, Hammers, of course. I'm like, you know what? No. I'm yeah. going with Phillies. Yeah. I'm going with the Phillies again because they are so freaking scrappy, and I love me some scrappy baseball playing. Well, and look at – I mean, Trey Turner is coming in blazing after the World Baseball Classic. So. Right. They're, they're stacked. They're stacked, and they're fun, Schwabba. and they're young. Schwabba. And they, there's so many things. There are so many things about the Phillies. So what the hell? I was going to put them in as a wild card, but I thought, nope, nope. They're going. All right. They're going. So um, St. Louis is a much more conservative pick for the NL Central. I'm with you on the NL West with San Diego. So they had a rainy opening day. That doesn't, you know, fine. Fine. They don't have a roof. Back off. It's sunny, (laughs) like, you know, 320 days out of the 365 day year. It's fine. I'm pretty close to you on um, on the wild cards. I have the Dodgers there. I have Atlanta there. And of course, I have the Mets there because, you know, sure, they're already having bad luck, but um, I'm there. It's fine. It's fine. That's why I'm not picking them any higher, but they're a pretty damn good team. So the Mets are in my wild card list. What do you have for the World Series? I'm Am I going to laugh t- out loud? I, yes, you're going to laugh out loud. I'm going off the rails for the World Series. I feel like Seattle's do. I, 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 this is just a gut wow. pick. I'm going to go Seattle-San wow. Diego. Wow. Seattle-San Diego. That's my Wow. Yeah, and the winner? Oh, San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. So I went a little off the rails, too. 
but I feel good about this. I feel good about this. So I'm picking a Philadelphia Cleveland World Series. That would be so much fun, really. Like it, it that would be, would be a blast. Super fun. I love most of the guys on both teams, and I've lived in both places. So there's right. that. And I don't think it's out of reach. No, it's I really not. don't. Um, I'm picking the Phillies to win it all. Okay. But I've got to say, usually we throw in the these teams are fun to watch mm-hmm. category, and I was thinking about that. And these are the two teams that I would pick as the most fun to watch. You know, the O's, of course, near and dear to my heart, but you're tired of me talking about how much fun they are. So, eh. But I'm going to go with – Philadelphia, Cleveland as my World Series picks with with Philly winning it all and also these two teams as my most fun to watch because they're young and they're scrappy and they want it bad. They have that they have that that they want it. Yeah. yeah. No, I would totally agree with you on on O's fun to watch. I think that they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. Hopefully we'll watch them a lot. Yeah. All right, we're going to do some of the the uh league-wide picks starting with rookie of the year. And for the American League, I have got to go with the rookie who's not really a rookie, with the, who is Masataka Yoshida of the Boston Red Sox, who absolutely raked for Japan in the World Baseball Classic. And yes, they won the World Baseball Classic. He had the World Baseball Classic record of 13 RBI, and he's had an impressive outing for his opening weekend with the Red Sox. And I think, you know, it's a little bit weird that he gets to be a rookie after playing so many years in Japan. But I don't make the rules, and so I think that he's going to get Rookie of the Year. For National League, I had to go with the guy who I picked as a baseball boyfriend because I picked him as a baseball boyfriend, which would be Corbin Carroll of the D-backs. And that's my Rookie of the Year picks. I'm agreeing with you on on the National League with Corbin Carroll. And it's also kind of the most popular pick right now. But um, for Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go with the guy that I've been going with all season long, all off-season long, anyway, with um, Gunnar Henderson of the O's uh, because he's just going to get it, and he's freaking great. And he didn't have a super good opening yeah, a little, weekend. a rough day today. Yeah, he had, a, he, had, he had a rough couple of days, and I'm okay with that because he's going to kick it in gear, and it's going right. to be all Gunnar all the time. Right. Well, I mean, Tristan Cassis had a, had a couple rough days, so it's. A, I think that's normal for rookies on opening day weekends. Sure. MVP. I feel like um, there needs to be a Shohei Otani award so that everybody else has a shot at every other award. Yeah. Because I'm going to be saying this a little bit now. I think Shohei Otani, especially after seeing him in the World Baseball Classic, and it's just how he plays so happily so gently happily it looks effortlessly but he's just raking on both sides of the of the you know the situation there between pitcher and and batter both sides of the situation i like it going in and all the hand motions there that y'all don't see (laughs) but i like how can anybody else live up to that i just feel like he's going to be al mvp and then nl i i hear that uh, Padres fans have been a little critical of my beloved Juan Soto. They and have. They have, and they are not having the faith that he deserves. I think I'm going to put my vote there with NL MVP right. with Juan Soto. Juan Jo Soto. All right. I am going with, um, you know, completely off of all the predictions uh-huh. for MVP. And again, here's why, where my N of one comes in. I'm basing this on opening day performance of Adley Rutschman. And I'm saying, you know what? MVP. I think he's going to, I think he's going to like maintain this over the course of the season. Again, knocking on anything wooden mm-hmm. that I can find, you know, short of, you know, bad things happening. I think he's going to set a pace and he's right. going to follow through with it. So I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. But again, he's not Shohei Otani. So I'm right. with you. And then I think I wish there were a separate freaking right. category right. for Otani. I totally agree with you that even even if I think Otani is going to get the MVP, that Adley is going to do a bunch of shit that is just going to blow people away. I think he's yeah. going to have a stellar year as, as a young catcher. As a young catcher, for sure. Um, and here's where the payback from Kike comes in. I was thinking deeply about Manny Machado for <laughs> for right. um, National League MVP. So I just wanted oh. to say that out loud. But I'm going to go with Trey Turner. And here's really? why. I am. Because, okay, so we saw his bat 
mm-hmm. the World Baseball Classic, right? His bat is ready to go. Right. But also, he's always been fast. He's always been a right. base stealer. Right. But now with these new rules, he's yeah. going to be freaking unleashed. Right. So I think the Trey Turner, this is going to be like the year where he comes into his own. He's not just, oh, he's got that cool slider. Oh, he's fast. Or, hey, look at Trey. He hit for the cycle. Isn't that yeah. unusual? I think this is the year where he's going to just like be that guy. So yeah. I'm going with Trey Turner for National League Rookie of the Year. Yeah, and I, I totally can't discount that after seeing him in the World Baseball Classic. Yeah. And we saw him up close and personal and that clutch grand slam. I mean, how can you? I don't know. He's he's definitely well qualified for that. Not to mention, he's got that smooth slide into home. That like slide that, is I'm, so much fun. It's so crazy. Did you see that 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 the totally messed up Adley Rushman slide into second where he knocked <laughs> yes. off the yeah? And, but he sat there and he's like, "Okay, are you okay?" So who was that? Who was who was who did he knock over? It was a, a Arroyo, right? Must was was it Arroyo? Arroyo? And he's like, "Okay, are you all right? Are you all right?" And, and eventually Arroyo just sort of patted him on the head, like, "Yeah, I'm fine, dude. It's okay. You don't have yeah. to like <laughs> watch over me. I'm gonna be fine." But yeah, at least so he's such a nice guy. Yeah, but not not a Trey Turner as far as right. sliding into a stolen base for sure. Who you got for Cy Young? So on the broken record. I think that this is going to be a crazy year where the same guy who has MVP is going to get Cy Young. And I think that's going to be Shohei Otani. And I think we're going to be talking about this for decades to come because he's just he's just that good. For NL, I've got to admit, despite being a Nationals fan, Spencer Strider shows so much promise and not only is he a a fantastic pitcher but he is a good human being and that's why I feel like a hundred percent willing to go behind Spencer Strider he's an intelligent well-spoken good human being who can pitch like hell yeah, so Spencer Strider is also my NL pick hey, for Cy Young. Hey. If you remember, he was the runner-up to um, to his teammate for Rookie of the Year, which was crazy. So I think this is going to be his year for the Cy Young. So yay for that. Um, for the American League, I'm going I'm crazy with Dylan Cease for the White Sox. Why the heck not? I'm trying not to always pick the favorite. Clearly, like, you know, Otani is everybody's favorite for a lot of things. Um, and a lot of these categories, I'm like, you know, yeah, I can see why you'd pick that guy, but I don't want to pick that guy. So I don't know if I'm, you know, we talked about your, you know, your bracket to win and your bracket of your heart. I think I've got my bracket of, I just want to mix things up. <laughs> so there I am. Yeah. No, that I is totally my story. So I'm, I'm, I'm desperately searching through our fantasy stuff because I think that nobody picked Dylan Cease. I don't think that's true. I think someone's got Dylan C's. Oh, really? I think that it might have been recently picked by our, our very last edition, but we'll, we'll see how that all shakes down. More to come on our Fantasy Baseball League. But right now we're going to go international with a little bit of international rundown. And I just want to say that if you don't get enough baseball in your evenings, that you can watch baseball, international baseball, at pretty much any time of the day. There is breakfast baseball happening from lots of different locations, but you can get it for free If you follow Check Baseball, so please check our show notes because there is a link there, and I just registered. And if you'd been following the World Baseball Classic, the Check team were were definitely the Cinderella team of this go-around. You know, lots of guys who had day jobs, but also the electrician who who struck out Shohei Otani, for example. Lots of fun stuff happening from the Czech Republic, and... Their season had the same opening day as our season, and you can watch their season for free with this link that we will be providing. So you can have breakfast baseball. They have games at 5.50 and 6.50 starting time, Eastern Standard Time, and lunchtime baseball. They have some games that start at 12.50 Eastern Standard Time. So check out your free check. You get a free check. Yeah, Check I see, I see yeah, what you did there. there. You go. Excellent. All right. Also, what else you got? if you want to get super early, they, this is definitely breakfast, like six o'clock starting time. If you want to be watching the KBO, the Korean Baseball Organization, also had, I believe, the same opening day and some familiar faces. So Shinsu Chu who is notable for having, in 2020, when the, the minor league went to hell because they could not play, 
He was on the Rangers, and he gave all minor leaguers in the Rangers organization $1,000. Bless this guy. He's now playing in the, in the KBO, and he was the first home run of the KBO opening day. So follow KBO also for our fellow Nats fans. Eric Fetty is starting for my NC Dinos, which is my team of favor with the Korean Baseball Organization. Uh, Shout out to Jiho Yu, who is definitely the account to follow on Twitter if you want to follow all things KBO. This is the first time that all of the opening day games in Korea have been sold out since they expanded to, it, I, I wrote five, it's 10 total teams, five games in 2015. So check out baseball all over. If you want to watch baseball around the clock, why not? Why not? Hey, we have been talking about the importance of the minor leagues unionizing mm-hmm. for years and six months ago the minor league players voted to unionize and as of this past friday they have ratified their very first collective bargaining agreement so these are the players there's 5500 players or uh, ish in the bargaining unit um more than 99 percent of those that voted voted in favor of ratifying the contract which is super exciting. It's a five-year contract. So they the players ratified it on Friday. The owners are going to vote next week. Everybody expects the owners to also um, approve this contract. So we don't have all the details. We have some details. So we know that the minimum salaries for minor league baseballs at all levels will increase by more than double. The biggest increase is for rookie ball, which was only $4,800. Previously, it's going to um, increase to $19,800, which is a giant increase. The um, couple of the other really important things that are happening with this contract is ball players, minor league ball players will be paid in the off season, which is excellent. They're going to get retroactive pay for this spring training. They weren't paid for spring training before. It's their job to go to spring training. The Mm -hmm. league was at one point arguing that, well, you know, you don't get paid to learn how to do your job. And that's what that is. Well, that's not true. Most players will be guaranteed housing. Interestingly, low and high A players can either get housing or they can trade housing for a stipend if they want their own housing for whatever reason. Um, Double A and triple A players are guaranteed single rooms. It might be like, you know, an apartment that has more, but they'll get their their own bedrooms. Um, the downside for the minor leagues is um, the maximum number of players allowed in in one um, one franchise's minor league the, the the farm team for the whole for for one whole franchise has been reduced from 180 to 165. But there is a guarantee ah. that no more teams are going to be cut. Right. So I think that was the trade there. It's like okay, okay. we're going to lose 15 guaranteed players, but we're not going to lose any more teams. There are also guarantees and improvement in, in a couple of other areas. We'll talk about those more. The, the very specific details aren't going to be released until the owners approve the contract. But there's improvements on transportation for minor leaguers to and from the ballpark. Nutrition. You've seen all of the posts on Twitter about the crappy meals that minor leaguers are going to be served. That's going to improve. Um, medical care. 401ks. Um, a lot of things are going to improve. So we're going to we're going to detail those later as more information becomes available. Again, the owners are going to vote this week, possibly before you hear this episode. It might be Monday. It might be later. But this is super exciting that the minor leaguers are going to have a contract that benefits them so much more than the way they have been living and working up until this time. Hallelujah. It's about time. I mean, this is our seventh season on this podcast, and we've been flying that minor league, like like pay the minor leaguers or just treat them decently flag this whole time. And this feels surreal almost. I mean, yep. overdue. So overdue. Overdue. And, and such baby, baby steps. Baby steps. All right. Talking about overdue. <laughs> We have a fabulous excerpt of our interview coming up with proud to be in baseball founder, baseball player, country music star, Brian Ruby. So stay tuned right now. We're going to have a little bit of a clip, but also 
it's a good time to remind you to subscribe to our podcast so that every time we have a special episode come out, it will come into your podcast feed. Subscribe to NCIB and you will get our special bonus episode, full interview with Brian Ruby later this week. So stay tuned. We are so very happy to welcome our special guest, ball player, country music artist, and proud to be baseball founder, Brian Ruby. Brian, welcome. So happy to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. We're super excited to be talking to you today. Usually here on No Crying in Baseball, the first question that we throw out to our interviews is to just ask the person about their personal connection to baseball. So, you know, thinking about in the very beginning, what got you into baseball? My gosh. Yeah, uh, way back. Remember that far back, right? <laughs> someone who's been in the game for probably two decades because I'm 27 and, you know, I was probably, I don't know, four or five years old. And my dad gave me a little foam uh-huh. baseball bat in the driveway and I've been a ball player ever since. So I saw that you went to Vassar on a vocal scholarship and you captained the baseball team. That had to have been an unusual combination to find in one student. Yeah, yeah. The vocal scholarship story is kind of interesting. I, uh, I it was it's a very fancy kind of place, and the vocal audition, you know, there was everybody was like dressed up in very nice attire and and singing sort of, uh, I guess, classical music like la la la, you know, like uh, very fancy stuff. And I walked in in my boots and jeans and sang <laughs> kind of song, and uh, was was a uh, the only, I guess, they said the first country singer to get the vocal scholarship. So, wow, very cool. And then did you, did you walk onto the baseball team? Then you're like, okay. I, by the way, I also have these other skills, these mad skills that you need to know about. They, I wasn't a walk on. I was recruited. Uh, I mean, they oh, cool. they knew they they knew cool. it was. Uh, yeah, it was. You know, a school that's not traditionally known for baseball, but I, I'm proud that we made the conference tournament two two out of my three years there, and um, it was really a fun experience and we had was playing ball and and playing music and coffee shops and bars and we had a band we did battle of the bands you know just like my friends and I and it was really a cool cool place to be for a couple years and I was actually making trips to Nashville to meet people as far back as as you know as then and and kind of setting up to move here one day so you're in school, you're doing both of these things, and then you end up in indie ball, like right out, is that right out of college? I originally out of college, I went to play in Germany. Uh-huh. Um, I played the 2019 season in Germany. I uh, went down, I didn't have a contract after that, but I, I got lucky because I met some guys who were playing these exhibition games down in South America. So I went with them in March, the first week of March 2020, uh, played down in Peru at the Pan American Stadium in Lima and then took a bus down the coast and to Chile uh, and played down there. And then all of a sudden we, everything got shut down. Um, I was yeah, going to yeah. go on a two year contract back to Europe. Uh, that got canceled, never happened because of COVID and uh, ended up going back that summer to uh, coach a, a college summer team up in new England, the Brockton rocks uh, oh, hey. in the future summer 2020. Um, played in the Guatemala Professional Winter League for the Guatemala City Lobos, uh, winter 2020 to 21, and then indie ball more recently and, and still going. So that's my baseball resume right there. So we, we would love you, if you feel comfortable talking about coming out publicly in 2021, um, mm-hmm. a couple of things that I was thinking about is, do you think anything would have been different had you been playing for MLB rather than indie ball at the time? And then also, um, did you have a plan for like, you know, you do a lot of advocacy work now. Was that kind of part of what you were part of, like your decision about when and where to to, to do what you did? Or did that come later? Yeah. Um, well, a bunch of questions. Um, yeah, I know. I got a lot. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> honestly, I my, the coming out that was really more important in my life was five years prior mm. I came out as gay to my friends and family and my college teammates when I was 21. So mm-hmm. people knew, 
but I was always kind of told by different people in baseball that if you ever post something with your boyfriend, um, if you ever post any rainbow things, you'll never get a job again. And that really bugged me. Um, I was over at, at my partner's parents' house, his mom's house for the first time for Christmas in 2020 after coming off of a good season in Guatemala and, uh, a good winter ball season. I had numbers. I was ready to sign for indie ball. Hadn't yet signed. I knew I was about to. I didn't want to mess with anything. We took this great picture with me, him, and his mom. Um, and it really, really tore me up because I wanted to I open up Instagram to post it like anybody my age would. And I felt like I couldn't, that it was going to put my job at risk. And that was really the reason why I decided, like, I'm going to, you know, if I get my job back, I want to do this publicly. I, I grew up, I wanted to be a major league baseball player like anybody who ever picks up a ball. <laughs> and, um, you know, I had heroes in baseball. Big, growing up in Pennsylvania, a big Jim Tomey fan, Chase Utley. Those were kind of like the guys that were my heroes in baseball. But I didn't really have anybody like me that I could see. They say if you could see it, you can be it. And I'm not the I, – I always push back against this. I'm not the first gay baseball player ever. Um, there are these two guys, Glenn Burke and Billy Bean, who are major leaguers who came out after they retired. And, you know, but I didn't – wasn't aware of who they were when I was a kid. So, like, it, the information wasn't out there, or at least I didn't see it. Um, the information was out there, but it wasn't very – it wasn't like social media now where everything spreads. So um, – I very much felt alone. And when I got my contract back in 2021, I felt strongly that I needed to, I wanted to come out because I was ready in my life and I'm proud of who I am. And, you know, I wanted to show people that you can be proud of who you are and play baseball. I, I came out and I got so many messages from different athletes that I decided it was about six weeks later um, on National Coming Out Day in 2021 was when I decided to officially uh, launch our charity, Proud to Be in Baseball. It's proudtobeinbaseball.org, at Proud to Be in Baseball on Instagram, Facebook, um, and at Proud Baseball on Twitter because the name was too long. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that's, you know, we, we decided to start this nonprofit 501c3 uh, charity to try to be the thing that I didn't have as a kid that could have helped me the most as a young LGBTQ person who loves baseball and wants to play baseball, um, but can't see anybody else like him. They say, if you can see it, you mm -hmm. can be. It. So one of the things, probably the thing that I'm most proud of after coming out publicly in baseball is that I've been able to stay in baseball. Number one. Um, and number two is, is that, you know, now other players are coming out and there's a few that have come out since and and uh, a few of them I know pretty well, <laughs> you know, from from because we're a, a small little tight circle. But, um, you know, it's I'm proud of where we're going and that the game is, is becoming more inclusive for everyone. And one of the biggest things that I've realized is this thing needs to exist as a business. We're not making money. I it's all full, fully volunteer. You know, our, our mission statement is we're dedicated to advocating, uh, educating, and creating opportunities for the next generation of LGBTQ baseball Beautiful. players. So it's very specifically focused. And for us to do this, we need a, we need a good structure to, like, business people to help help us with business structure. I love baseball players, but sometimes we're not the most – organized <laughs> well you're not trained for that i mean you, you have different skill yeah. sets yeah and that's fair <laughs> yeah so it's but it's evolving and it's you know we'll, we'll be back in baltimore for pride night Sweet. i know we were talking about the orioles later last year i took 17 flights during june alone uh going yeah, to big month big month <laughs> it's exhausting but it was meaningful i mean going to different pride nights and and working with teams and speaking and, and doing events and this year it's going to be more 
So, so thinking about this, sort of like bringing it all together, where would do you see Proud to Be in Baseball in, say, like five years? What would be your ideal where the organization is in, you know, the not too yeah. distant future, but a little way around down the road? I would like this to be the go-to organization for all things LGBTQ in baseball. Mm. Um, I want to be working with as many teams as we possibly can and with Major League Baseball on a corporate level. Um, that's one thing that we've tried and tried and have never really been able to get through to anybody at MLB corporate. And it's something that I would hope that they see us eventually. I know that we, this is just like in baseball where you have to prove it over and over that you belong on the field. We want to prove that we belong and that we're doing good things for baseball. All right. Well, Brian, we're going to wind this up a little bit, but before we go, we want to let our listeners know where they can catch your music and okay. how they can find Proud to Be in Baseball. And and if you're going on tour, or even like, I know you're doing a baseball tour, a baseball uh -huh. park tour, and yeah. then any music tours, where can we get all the stuff? We want to know more. Oh my gosh. Uh, well, So many things. I know I ask all the questions at once in one breath. Um, social media, Facebook, um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube at Brian Ruby official. That's Brian with a Y Ruby with a Y Brian Ruby music.com. And um, I guess, you know, just, just follow along um, all the streaming sites that you would play music on Spotify, Apple music, uh, iTunes, uh, Amazon, YouTube music, you name it. Um, you know, those are, I'm on all the things and, and you're right this summer, I'm going to be playing ball, playing in a few different tournaments overseas. I'm not, quite retired yet but uh i'm still still going and and uh, also doing a little music tour going around different major league and minor league ballparks singing the national anthem singing god bless america sometimes or doing um short little pre-game or post-game concerts so it's i'm doing a whole lot of stuff around baseball and you know if you are somebody who listens to this podcast and you see me out and about and i happen to be at a ballpark near you come say hi Come introduce yourself. That's fantastic. We, we absolutely will. Maybe we'll catch you at, a, at Pride Night at, at Camden Yards. All right. That would deal. be big fun. Yep. Brian, thank you so much for sharing this time with us and letting us know about everything that you do. And we hope that our listeners follow up with you because we're really impressed and really happy to have you. Thank you so much. It was great to be on. Thank you. back here in the home studio just adding in another very special thanks to our new friend Brian Ruby and a reminder to everybody out there that there is a lot more of that interview than you just heard so please make sure that you watch your podcast feed you know better yet subscribe to NCIB on any of your favorite podcast platforms so that you can get the full interview with Brian Ruby where we talk about so many very cool things including his international experience, more about proud to be in baseball, his hopes for the future, and a little bit of QR, so please stay tuned. We have started our Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball League finally with all of its stupid rules and its ridiculousness. So um, over opening day weekend, we actually have our very first results and hooray to Braden because as of as of this morning he was yes. number one Yay, his Braden. team has been renamed to the A's suck badly and yet his team is number one followed by two Pauls two Bryce's and a bow and all that jazz Karen's awesome team Bono's boyfriends the kids leftovers short kinks and then mm, me at number nine Patty Kamish team the Sunny Slammers, who is only that low because she joined a little bit late. And then, wow, Potty Mouth, you're already in the basement. I Sort of, sort of. But there's going to be one more team who just added in. So I'm not sure if they're going to be in the basement beyond me or if I'm just going to hang out in the basement. I can't believe I'm in the basement. I really had high yeah, hopes Yeah, it seems early. That I had... It does. It it is early, so I think I I don't know. I just hope that everybody has yeah. fun. Yeah. So we have three new players. So big welcome to Ever and Sonia and Nancy. Nancy just joined today, so she's the one that Potty Mouth is referring to as possibly possibly you know behind her only because she's a three games behind. But I don't know. I don't know. Potty Mouth, right. you have a very nice basement. I'm always happy to join you there. <laughs> 
So we have a dozen teams, and I, I just want to give a, a special thank you to all of our listeners who are joining us with this fantasy baseball because we have a lot of crazy rules, and everybody is willing to jump in and follow our crazy rules, and it's going to be a lot of fun, and somebody's going to get a crazy prize at the end and lots of bragging rights, really. That's For sure, and you're probably going to get to watch it live on Twitter when Tommy Pham slaps me upside of the head because, you know. Yes, yes. There we go. Hey, there we go. All right. We didn't. Oh, boy. We did a hell of an episode. And we've week. got so much fun coming up. We have, um, again, we have our full interview with Brian Ruby releasing later this week. Again, if you subscribe, it'll happen automatically. And you'll it'll just appear and you'll say, hey, wow, this is awesome. Um, otherwise, please watch our social media to see when that releases. Potty Mouth America, people find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying and B-Ball. If you want to help us keep this podcast afloat and we are kind of like, you know, we're, we're kind of floating, but we could use a little bit of more help with the floating. That would be at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash No Crying and B-Ball. And you can ensure that we can keep doing this for quite a while with just like you know a buck a month and then we can give you special stuff on patreon so just let us we know. sure can and hey as we mentioned earlier we have one more opening day to go we'll be at the orioles home opener on thursday versus mm-hmm. the yankees we're pretty excited about that if you're going to be there let us know we'll say hi we'll give you a wave otherwise you know maybe you'll see us on the video board because we can't help standing up <laughs> we've and done that we've dancing done that. Yep, for sure. Hey, if, um, please get boosted if you haven't yet, because why the heck wouldn't you have been boosted already? Please fight the man. It's the right thing to do. Send your game balls to Meredith. And until next week, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Good night, Potty Mouth. Jeez, I can't I believe we still haven't done a show. <laughs> We've been talking for an hour and a half. All right. <laughs> <laughs>